Hey everyone, it's Paula Ferris, and this is Journeys of Faith, where we're diving deep with everyone from religious scholars to country music stars. But on this episode, we're talking to Marla Maples. She's an actress and a TV personality, but she's probably best known for being the second wife of President Donald Trump. Her relationship with the president started and ended with a fair share of controversy. I never considered myself a mistress. I mean, that's the truth. But Marla says her faith was key to staying grounded. And he would go to church with me. It was really the biggest part of my life. It wasn't the biggest part of his, I would suppose. I wanted him to see how loved he could be for his soul, not for his money. And before she even met President Trump, her faith carried her through an abusive relationship. Was justice ever served for you? Her answer and more on this week's Journeys of Faith and a reminder to subscribe. You have such an interesting faith journey yourself. You were raised Southern Baptist. Yes. And now I was reading you go to church on Sundays. Yes. You keep Shabbat. Yes. You eat kosher. Yes. You study Kabbalah. Yes. Anything else I'm missing? Oh, all of it. I want to find out people connect to God. It's important to me. It's 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 also a passion of mine. Growing up in the South as a Southern Baptist, Christ was was you know that that connection for mm-hmm. me. But I always wanted to know how people that didn't have the opportunity to to maybe know Christ or or have the the faith that we had. How did they make that connection to to divinity? So I studied. A lot of it all through my life. It's fascinating. So what is there one thing that you really adhere to, one particular theology? How would you describe your faith? What do you believe? I believe that we are all connected to such a higher purpose. And and the teachings of Christ were a part of my life from a very young age under more religious background. And that's fine. But I wanted to know more about Jesus the man walking the earth, what was he doing, being being Jewish, practicing, you know, as a, as a rabbi and a teacher and sharing this great wisdom. So it took me on a journey to learn more and go deeper into more of the Hebrew perspective. How do, how do you think your faith has really changed and evolved over the years, considering your Southern Baptist yes, upbringing yes. Oh, and where yeah. you are now? How has it changed? I just feel that my connection so much stronger um, you know, it was a part of a lifestyle as a child, and now I can choose it. Mm-hmm. And I do choose it because I find my joy in that. I find my strength to reach out and, and help others through that faith. And I feel like even in studying uh, the teachings of Kabbalah, I, I felt like I learned more about what Christ was, was sharing. It's so mm-hmm. similar to when you when you hear um, the uh, Sermon on the Mount and love thy neighbors thyself. These are the teachings of, of Kabbalah also. And so they were they were a group in those years, 2,000 years ago, they were out spreading this message of the light and giving the power to the people to, to, to find their pathway to, to the light. Be as I am. Be the mm-hmm. way, the truth, the light. And and I feel that Kabbalah just has taken me deeper into an understanding and 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 it's, it's bringing a depth of uh, uh, the next level for me. 
into it. I can go to church. I'll, I'll go home and I'll go to, to Georgia. Little, yes, to Georgia. Rockbridge Church, which is in the old Wink Theater. Mm-hmm. I think I had one of my first or second kisses at the back of that movie theater. Oh, so scandalous. So scandalous. <laughs> so scandalous. Maybe in like sixth grade or something. <laughs> uh, and now, you know, it's it's the beautiful. It's the, the music, yeah. the bands, the entertainment, and people are just praising and worshiping. And, and I just like to connect where people are and find that common ground with others. You don't subscribe to one particular theology or religion. So if someone were to ask you, what are you? Uh, What would you say? I am a human being. Okay. In a life where I want to connect to the highest, greatest light in all people and in myself. I am on a journey to really look in the parts of myself where I need, I need work. Places where I've held my pain, my hurt, anger, judgments, heartache, and I want to uproot those places and, and bring more light into those places and, and raise that to the highest light, raise mm-hmm. that to the highest light and replace it with more love and, and human kindness to myself. Right. Sometimes we are the hardest on ourselves. And so, yes, I say I'm a Christian. I can say I'm Jewish. I mean, I'm not born Jewish. I'm born a Christian. But I love studying the ancient wisdoms. I love hearing about Hinduism. I love hearing about Buddhism. I just believe we're all much more connected than we actually think. But I I was born a Christian, so I am still a Christian. I believe in the teachings of Christ. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And I want to play something for all of our listeners right now. You released an ambient music album with the Dalai Lama. Deepak Chopra. It won a Hollywood Music Award and it's spoken word. It's ambient music, spiritual overtones. I want everyone to take a listen for a second. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm so relaxed right now. (laughs) Oh, there you're singing for us. My low, sexy voice. <laughs> you have a lovely voice. and I mean, you've been an actress and a model. You've had 15 film roles. You started in Dancing with the Stars. Like, where do you where do you see yourself? What do you want to be? Oh, when I grow up? When you grow up. Oh, when I grow up. I just want to be, I want to know that I'm bringing joy into people's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really want to know that when I meet someone, they're happier because of the moments we've shared. And if I can do that through talk, Speak. I love speaking engagements. I'm, I'm with the London Speakers Bureau now, so I'm starting to do more talks. And I love that. I love sharing and connecting heart to heart. Um, I love music. It's something I was born into. My father was um, a choir director in church growing up. But he, before that, he had a rock and roll band. He sang opera. And the family was so important to him. He chose not to be on the road, not to be traveling, and just settle in a small town called Kohada, Georgia, where my grandmother had helped build the Kahata First Baptist Church. And he did, you know, church every mm-hmm. Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday night. And then, and then yeah, church weddings and times funerals. A week. Weddings and funerals, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So I sang in his choir, but I never felt, I, I, I never could really do those choir songs. I felt like I was struggling for some reason. And I don't know what, what it was, but I, I, I knew that I think my dad had such a talented voice and everyone was always talking about, what a gift he had, and maybe I was a little intimidated. So I've worked in my life to to believe that I have mm-hmm. the same gift. If I get Marla out of the picture and just let God channel through. And with mm-hmm. that album, I didn't plan on doing an album. I just would wake in the morning and say, what can I do? Show me, God, what is my purpose here, and how can I share the gift that you've that given album, me? How did that spoken word album that we just heard, how did that 
come to fruition. In the middle of those prayers of saying, show me what I can do with the gifts that you've given me, I started writing lyrics. And then I was introduced to a, um, a musical composer who said, I've got just the right piece of music for that. And mm-hmm. he sent it to me and went, oh my goodness, he goes, we've got to get in the studio and do this. And I was talking to Deepak Chopra and uh, he was doing a Sages and Scientists event down in La Jolla. And he interviewed me for his YouTube channel. And, he, and I was telling him about the music. He goes, oh, we should do one together. And I said, well, let's do it. So that's when I said, now, what, what are you doing now? And he goes, oh, I'm doing a new translation of Rumi. Rumi, as you know, is a mystical uh, teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like from Oh my God, I'm just blanking, but I think it's Persian descent. But he's um, does his beautiful, beautiful translations of love, and you think it's almost between a man and a woman, but it's really about God. So that's where Deepak and I did the house. That was of very, love. a very serendipitous <laughs> meeting. I, I, I would say. So you you have your hand in so many different things. You have some humanitarian and film philanthropic work that you're invested yeah. in right now too. Could you tell yes. us about that? I just love when I have the chance to do to, to get out there and put you know your your mind and heart your soul into to helping I've had the chance to work with kids creating peace which is wonderful where we've seen the Palestinian and Israeli kids come together and learn how to love each other and bringing families together through seeing the similarities in us and and there's music music like uh, the Louis Armstrong Center for Music and Medicine it's so powerful because I love music mm-hmm. and I've, um, I've seen the healing effect of it. I want to read you something uh, that the Daily Beast wrote about you in 2016. And this was right around the time of the election. And it says, Maples is wise enough to know that any publicity she courts will necessarily feature prominently her association with Trump. Mm-hmm. This bothers Maples. But what bothers her more is the idea that she shouldn't be able to move on with her life as a public figure. Does it bother you that you can't say your name? about Donald Trump. <laughs> well, it's interesting, isn't it, when we go through a journey in life and, and you never know what people are going to remember and see. And and um, I, I feel I'm at a place now where people are letting me speak from my place of faith and talk from that place of faith. And I believe silence was really important for a while to allow people to know that I'm not out there trying to get publicity because my ex-husband is the president or for whatever he's doing. Sure. I, I really, I, I chose um, to go by Marla Maples because I feel like God created me to have my own purpose. And just because we chose and we did come together with a deep love many, many years ago, mm-hmm. I was 20 years old when I met him, <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean that we, you know, we agree on everything. And so it's nice to be able to, to move forward now. Mm-hmm. And even though it does come up, um, a lot of people are, are just moving through it really easily. There's strong opinions, you know, on both sides. And um, I just have been really grateful to be able just to say, I'm going to be me through this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to speak negative. It doesn't do me good to speak negative about anyone on either side. of yeah, Your mantra is very much positive message. In, in terms of faith, where were you on your faith journey when you met and married Donald. Oh my goodness, digging deep, deep, deep. Um, I was really, I always prayed and I always had my friends that were spiritual, very spiritual family. And I I had come to New York to really study and my, my dad had had financial difficulties and I wanted to come here to be an actor and really help help with the family. And I, and I knew that if I came to New York, I felt like things could shift. I could take it to the mm-hmm. next level. 
Um, and I was getting out of a very damaging relationship with my first boyfriend at home that was very, very, very unhealthy. And it was good for me to move away and start fresh here. Mm-hmm. Um, but but in New York, I, I started going to Marble Collegiate Church. The pastor there was one of my became one of my dearest friends, Dr. Arthur Caliandro, and he was someone that I had every step of my journey in New York along the way. So, so when when Donald and I came together, I really felt that, there, and I do believe there was divinity in it. I was no different than I am now. I was still in my faith, and I believe that together we could do some very powerful things in the world. Did your faith really help you through that intense period of scrutiny? Absolutely. That and. That is really all you have at the end of the day is mm-hmm. how do you connect? Can you can you take yourself to the place where you know there's so much more than what seems to be right before your eyes, that there's a higher purpose in everything than what it may be feeling at this moment? But I'll tell you, I was down on my hands and knees, I mean, crying and praying and, you know, not even knowing how to stand up and, and move. Um, I, I was, was an actor. I couldn't even go to auditions. It was, it was heart wrenching period of time because I really, I really wanted the best for, for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. And, and unfortunately the media and other, you know, and maybe people feeding the media wanted to turn the whole thing into something that it wasn't. And then, I mean, that's hard when you're misunderstood. It's still a tough thing for me. Mm -hmm. We all want to be seen. You said misinterpreting for what it wasn't. So what was it? Well, I mean, there was two people that came together that truly loved each other in a period of time. And I, I really felt, you know, I wanted him to see how loved he could be for his soul, not for his money. Mm-hmm. And and he knows that. And, he, and I mean, still today, I, I think uh, from from things he says to my daughter, it's like he, he really gets who I am and how loyal I, I have been. And and um, but it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm loyal to myself. It, it's just why do I want to bring any net thing negative to another person? But there, there was something very real, and and uh, it was another time, it was another place. It was the late eighties and the nineties, and it was very real. And and I think that you have opportunities in your life. I think we're all given opportunities in our life, and then we have choices that we can make with those opportunities. How how different were the things that you, the two of you, believed in terms of your faith and his faith? He listened to me. I think he listened. He knew my faith was really important. He would go to church with me. Um, you know, that was a very important part of my life. It was uh, the place where I felt like we could ground as a family and um, get back to truth. Um, of course, it was really the biggest part of my life. It wasn't the biggest part of his, I would suppose. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, he was a man on a mission and always has been. But it was beautiful to have that pause together where you you know there's more. So what, you know, I know that's inside still. I've seen it. You, know, you I, think I, it's still inside of him. I would not have been able to love him. I don't think there was any way this child, Tiffany, could have come into the world mm-hmm. if 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 um, there wasn't that, you know, that light, something there that, that has, has that faith and belief. But we all, you know, we all have different sides that we listen to and sure. it's why, where you're going to, where you're going to speak from. And, and so I, I still believe, you know, I still believe I want the highest good for this country, for this world, for, for every, everyone. And, and, uh, and I, and I know that there was a real purity to our relationship. There was something really pure to it then. And, and sadly, uh, we weren't able to work through it because in the end we were too different. Mm-hmm. I think we had different goals in the end. And, and it's, it's sad to have to into marriage and, and you know, and then and then move on. But um, I just I have simpler ideas of life. Yeah, 
and I wanted to raise Tiffany in a, in a different in a different world. Right. In your bio, you said, or in your bio, it says, this is a direct quote that you moved to California in '99 with Tiffany to focus on finding a quieter, more spiritual existence. So you weren't finding that spiritual existence. It was in hard. your current state. There was so much expected every moment. There were people pulling on you at every moment. There wasn't quiet moments around in life. Just, I mean, I'd meditate now 20 minutes every day. I don't know where I would have found 20 minutes then. Mm. I mean, there was always someone. It's, it's, there's responsibilities that come when you're exposed in that level. And, and I'd walk out the door with my daughter wanting to go to the park and go on the swing set. There would be paparazzi there. So everything felt like it was for show versus just the real heart. And I, and I just didn't want my life to be on show for the, for the, for the media, for the world. It was intense scrutiny. It certainly was. I know you, you, you talked a little bit about it, but you know, considering your Baptist upbringing, you really struggled with the fact that you did have an affair and you had to reconcile that. The article that I mentioned earlier, the Daily Beast article from 2016, it says that she views her role as a mistress as karma for having judged adulterers while growing up as a Southern Baptist. <laughs> so as a person of faith, how do you how did you get through a situation like that? How did you reconcile it? How did you forgive yourself? And how did you move on? Well, first of all, I was always a praying person. Mm-hmm. I don't think God was ever out of the equation. And that was a tough article. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that piece, to be honest with you. There were a lot of, there was a lot of like underlying issues I think the writer had. Um, but I never considered myself a mistress. I mean, that's the truth. I was, I, it was never said to me, mm-hmm. you're going to wait here while this, is. I mean, it was literally like, here's my plan. And this is who you are. And my parents, he was, my parents were told that I'm going to marry your daughter one day. It was never like I chose to be in a, mm-hmm. rela- it was like, it was, it was literally like every step of the way I was praying, God, please be in this, please be in this. I do not want to be a part of breaking anything up mm-hmm. that's, that has a chance. So every step of the way, it was deep, deep guttural work to make sure. And, you know, a lot of breakups and makeups during that time when things appeared not to be as, as I thought. You still feel you feel that God was in that. Oh, for sure. I think mm-hmm. God's in all things. It's if you, if, what am I going to stop believing because things become truly tough? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's where I need my faith the most when I'm challenged in the greatest way. And Christ forgives everyone. And my intention was never to bring hurt. Do I wish more than anything that we could have had this relationship after his other, le- the divorce papers were signed? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's what, I mean, uh, with all of my heart, how much heartache would it have saved so many people if I had seen that piece of paper before we got involved? Um, but it didn't happen that way. And th- that's, you know, if you're, if you're really trusting life, you got to trust the path that it does take you. And everything had to happen in the way that it did to bring sure. us to where we are now. And, and, and during those periods of time, I would, you know, he would, we would still go to church and pray, right? Mm-hmm. So he was looking for something more, I think, that he found in me um, that was different than what he had seen in the past. And, and yeah, man, I just, you know, I listen, the last thing I'd ever want to do is break up a marriage and, 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 um, you know, but I did, I, I, I judged men that would have affairs. I thought it was awful. I, I thought it was the worst thing. I saw so many young girls get involved with men that they thought were not married and then they find out they are and then they're in love and then what do they do? And, and I was angry at these men that would take these girls down this path. And, and, um, and then I was angry at, 
You know, I, I just like didn't understand that. That was one of those Southern Baptist judgmental mm-hmm. things. Like, who am I to judge? Christ didn't judge. Why mm-hmm. would I judge? And so, yeah, part of that is true. I, I ended up being in love with someone who wasn't divorced. Mm-hmm. You know, so there I was in the same situation, loving someone before they were divorced. Mm-hmm. And pride cometh before our fall, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, the moment we think that we are beyond reproach, look out, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So, yes. so your daughter, Tiffany, how old is she now? 24. How's she doing? She is doing well. You know, it's, it's a fine line because I wanted to always feel like she has a mom, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I wanted to always know that she can share with me as she would a friend. But it's important for kids to have their own friendships, I believe. Sure. And even though, you know, we, we were so close and, um, you know, her daddy gave her a great education and such, it was me that was there around the clock with her. Um, and, and so with that, it, we developed a deep, deep bonded friendship, and 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 now it's it's the time that kids go through. Your kids are still young, but I can tell you, the last couple of years of watching your child having to to separate to find themselves and get break free that's a hard one for parents. That was a really hard one for me. And um, in the last couple of years, she's been under such a microscope. Yeah, well, you know, when when you watch the world pick on your child, who's just because she was born and you know because her father has different political beliefs than than they do the child was raised by mother in california and and she has her own thoughts and her own beliefs and her own dreams but the kids have you know they love both their parents mm-hmm. it's horrible the judgments that come on the kids because of the choices the parents make the kids weren't asked to yeah, be in that situation no they're just doing the best they can to to be who they are and maintain their own identity through it. So she's staying focused on her work and getting the best education she can. She's an incredible artist. She's been painting and making jewelry and and doing incredible things. She could do pretty much anything she chooses. And everyone's wanting, you should sell your jewelry. And she goes, Mommy, I'm just doing it because it's my, it's like my therapy when I'm mm-hmm. staying up all night and studying and getting ready. She I need to, to have something. She wants to have the best degree she can. And she wants to walk in the room and know she's one of the smartest people in the room, whatever right. she chooses to right, do. Right. Yeah. Good for her. So, what elements of your faith do you share? Oh, all of her. it. I mean, you know, she grew up going to church with me, going and volunteering. You know, we did did a lot of uh, work volunteering together, which is, uh, you know, that's that's the work, right? Mm-hmm. And when you forget about yourself and think about how you can help with other people, sure. and you see, you see, uh, you see that your life is actually quite blessed compared to how how, how other folks live. So. And then, and then she would go to the Kabbalah studies with me. So, so we we pray together, we meditate. Um, we I like to go deep. I like to really go in and and see what's really going on. She, you know, kids aren't always open to want to share as much with their parents as you would wish. But mm-hmm. but we were able to really would share a lot because it's been a, it's been a a painful couple of years. I mean, just just. Just going through first year of law school is enough. Graduating from UPenn—that was a tough school, and she worked hard and she gave a lot. And then, and then we lost my mother, passed away, and my mother's fiance, who was like a, a, a stepfather to Tiffany, she was very close to, uh, passed. So we we had a lot of loss and change. And then she was looking forward to getting to spend time with the dad, coming back to New York. And then he decides to run for president. So, yeah. so, um, so yeah, it's 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 called being human in extreme conditions and being raised a beautiful, sweet, loving, sensitive soul and having to learn how to be strong. Mm -hmm. And she's really, she's getting strong through all this. Right after this short break, Marla dives deep and how her faith got her through sexual abuse early in life. 
when you consider the lowest moment in your life, the darkest chapter, and maybe how your faith got you out of that, what would you consider that to be? Hmm. Oh, life has been such a series of, of ups and downs. I've um, I've had you know a stalker in my life that was so painful. I've had so many betrayals from you know, different people in my life. And, and I think maybe that's the hardest for me is when you trust people and you're betrayed and you have to get up and move through it. I had a personal assistant that I thought I was mentoring and helping along the way. And Tiffany and I both were, were, were close to her. And my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. My father lost the sight in one of his eyes uh, from a medication he was taking for his heart. Uh, my stalker came back, and we found out my assistant had gone through all of my savings all in the same year. That's just one year. That was in the same 2012. <laughs> the Mayan calendar had said that was going to be the end of time. It changed. It was wow. the end of a point in time in my life. So I just I had to dig so deep then because the money, it was a money situation. It was the the, the health of both of my parents. It was it was a betrayal of this, this uh, person who was stalking me and this assistant who this assistant who I was counting on during the difficult times to help me get through. And, and, and during those moments, it's like, oh, you'd have nowhere to go but give it to God. I mean, we get so busy trying to fix things. I've got to find that do- best doctors for my mom, and what are we going to do for my dad? And, I, and how could the stalker have come back again? And Has we, the stalker gone, by the way? Um, probably shouldn't even have brought it up. But, yeah, no names will be mentioned. But, yeah, you know, there's a restraining order now. Okay. And, and I hope he's finding healing. I never wanted him to go to prison. I wanted him to have help, mm-hmm. you know. I wanted him to, to get the help that he needed. And, and I hope, hopefully that's has happening the, now. Has the administration been able to help you, considering you, you're under I haven't. a spotlight? Is, there, is it possible that they could help and also maybe protect Tiffany? I don't, you know, I would not. I mean, Tiffany has Secret Service, which is wonderful. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, they're wonderful guys. Oh, my gosh. But I, you're out there in the open, and you're exposed, too. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I have Who's protecting you? I just walk with a band of angels. I do. I just really believe. I mean, every day I wake up, and I make my connection to God, and I and I connect, and I ask, you know, for protection and light around me and the people that I love and the world. And and just, I, I you know, I really have to appreciate that I have the freedom to go where I feel drawn to go and walk the world in a simple way. And I'm not I'm not the first lady. Mm-hmm. I'm the mom of, of one of the first daughters. But so, do, you, do you feel that you need protection? No, I, I don't. I really, okay. I really feel that, um, I feel that I, I have, you know, I have a, I have a faith and trust that, that there's, I'm going to be where I need to be at the right time and place. And if it's the time when you're meant to leave this earth and you trust, you have to trust that, that moment in time. That's, that's really having the faith and believing that God is in all things. You're much more zen about that. I'd be like, I need some some secret uh, service, and I might need a couple of guns just to keep me safe. Uh, well, I'm from the South. People like the guns. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will tell you, it is kind of fun when I'm with Tiffany, and we have the gang, and then I'm like, you know, and then it's like our time is up, and it's like, okay, bye, Mom. I'm like, bye, daughter. Bye, secret <laughs> service. Bye, you, all you cars and guns. <laughs> bye, protection. Bye, you nice, handsome, strong men. <laughs> it's funny. And I'm like, hop on the subway and take off, you know. So, wow, you were really, really no, I love to live life. I love mm-hmm. to connect to people. I never like to separate myself from mm. people. And I do. I take the subway. I'll take the bus. I just, yeah. I, Where do you think you would be without your faith? Oh, gosh. I'm so 
the greatest blessing we have in life is to have our faith. I mean, truly, Paula, is it, it, I mean, it's not the greatest heartache to think about those who don't believe. That is, they where, don't have freedom of religion. They don't, yeah. They They're don't, persecuted. Yeah, of course. There's persecution. They're martyred. For, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's happened since the beginning of time. Right. So, so I hope that inside, you know, if you can keep it even a shame, but if you, even in those situations where you are, not allowed to have the freedom to worship and freedom to pray. If you can just keep that connection so, so close, you know, that's a thought. It's a consciousness. It's just a prayer. It's an internal prayer. We're blessed to be able to go sing and worship and talk about it. But you're right. Many, many aren't. And, um, and many don't have the desire. Right. And that's sad. And that leads to a lot of loneliness and a lot of anger. And we have ways to move through our anger and move through our pain and move through our heartache because we have, because we have this faith and we believe in something greater than ourselves. Some people might just say, Marla, that's a crutch. Yeah, it's real. It's a crutch because you can't handle reality. Have you ever heard that one? Nah, nah, I haven't heard that. Not, not that one because, because we do handle reality. I handle reality. I've had, I've been sexually abused. I've gone through illnesses. I've watched, uh, people die before my eyes. I've had a gun held up at my hand. I've had, you know, I've I've had some crazy things. I've I've watched a lot of suffering in the world, and I've lived deeply in reality. Um, but I I know, I know, there's so much, so much more. I I know that that's just a one percent of what's happening. What's happening is so much bigger that we can't even see, and that's the knowing that I have. And that's yeah. I I I don't have to live in the dark reality. I want to live in the light mm-hmm. reality. You want to live in the light. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your sexual abuse. Oh well, that was very very young, very young. And um, how'd you get through that? Uh, just kept moving forward. Just you know, family, friends, um, teachers. You know that were that were there, and just dealing. I dealt with a lot of stuff personally. You know, on my own, and I, I was again one of these. Gals that think, well, how did I do to lead into that? What did I do to create that? You know, I went through that. Were you really young when it happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was. Um, But but I I had to break. I I had to look at what, how did I allow that in? And and the importance of using your voice, the importance of being able to say no, um, the importance of choosing people in your life that lift you, that don't bring you down, and not just really having discernment. Was justice ever served for you? Um, justice in this world? Well, probably not in the physical level, but I think on a spiritual level, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel it's all been forgiven. You know, I feel clear of it. I feel it's been forgiven. I feel, um, um, you know, I was so young, and it's things you, you didn't really talk about. At the time, especially in the South, right, right, especially, especially so. But I, I moved through and moved out of um, of those situations and, and moved, moved, and I moved on. And I, and I think um, now I've learned. You know, if you if you don't want to be with someone, you have the every right in the world to say no and step away. Just step, get get out. How get did out. you have the courage to say something? Mm. How long did it take you to have the courage to say something and know that this wasn't right? Well, I think it was, um, I, I was, I think with one of the last punches to the eye, <laughs> just like uh, a little trip to the hospital, you, you realize that it's time to, time to. This was a boyfriend. Leave. Oh yeah. 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 Before New York. Mm. So yeah. 
It was, and it was. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't even want to bring up. I mean, I believe he's moved on his life and has a family, and I hope everything is well with him now. And um, I just pray that I, I mean, I have resolve with it, and I you have peace with it, even though you with it. may or may not have been served justice in this lifetime. Yeah, but you know what? I I got the strength to walk away, move forward, and and I believe that he. I I really believe that he's been able to work through what it was that that he was feeling and going through at the time. Have you ever had discussions with Tiffany about what Tiffany happened? just can't believe my stories. She's like, "Mom, how did all this happen to one person?" How would <laughs> you like, how would you want her to handle oh, that just, situation? Her if voice. something like that happened to your daughter? Yeah. Yeah. How would you want her to handle it? Well, thank gosh she has eyes around her now that mm-hmm. hear and know everything. <laughs> thank you, Secret Service. Um, I just want her to always know. And, and she has this. She has a strength of knowing how to use her voice. And and when I share my stories with her, she's like, Mom, you know, I can't believe, you know, I can't believe you actually went through all of this. But but I, you know, I, she wishes she was there to help me be strong at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, because she, she helped, wishes she was there yeah, to protect you. And to protect me. She She's strong. She's very, very wise. And, and she would not let me get away with being weak anymore. Mm-hmm. Really wouldn't. And 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 I think that's part of her education now and part of being a lawyer is learning how to have a voice for not just for others but for yourself, learning how to advocate for yourself and for others. How would she have handled the situation for you? Oh, my gosh. She would have got me away from that relationship so much longer with the first sign. You know, I, she would have helped me see how loved I was and I didn't need that kind of love in my life. Mm-hmm. Did you it know? go on for a long time? Mm, yeah, a couple of years. Yeah, a couple I'm years. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, but I, I, um, it was just gosh, part of learning and growing and understanding yourself and 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 learning where true strength comes from. Because you know, you talk about faith. Yeah, well, I should, could have really. I, I I wish I'd listened more and hadn't been insecure enough to stay in a relationship that wasn't feeding me in the right ways or wasn't lifting. You know, it was was actually lowering. Knowing you deserve a lot better. You don't deserve to be treated that way. No, and I think that's, you know, in a way, it's like I've been single for so long. And now I'm just so open to You're still single, by the way? Oh, yes. yes. And are you single and ready to mingle? Single and ready to mingle, yes. (laughs) But with a highly evolved male soul who just Mm -hmm. gets it understands and isn't out to, you know, just have his name in the paper because we had dinner together or, you know, isn't out to, to be with, uh, with, uh, with Trump's ex, you know, someone Mm -hmm. that's real and solid and sees me for me and doesn't need to be seen, but really wants to, to to go, go deep. Yeah. Yeah. Really wants to have something real. See you for you, not to be seen. Yeah. That's gotta be a challenge to find someone like that. I I just feel that I, I, I again I'm just giving that all to God. I'm setting the intention and saying this is what I I I would like to have in my life. A partner that also has a strong faith and wants to wants to walk a walk and wants to, to be able to lift others up, lift each other up and um and go through the difficult difficult mm. portions of life together. So you're looking for someone unlike your last marriage that, that's on the same page as you when it comes to their faith. I I would like to be with someone. You know the 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 biblical phrase about being equally yoked. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be with someone equally yoked. Just in the yoked. New Testament. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, it is. And and I think about that a lot. I've looked at my father's journey, and he's been married and divorced a few times, and he's like been broken because he he's he's 
not always chosen someone equally yoked in faith like he is. And he's, I'm not going to have, I'm allergic to women now. I'm like, no, dad, <laughs> you just need to be allergic to the ones that aren't equally yoked. Your faith is so important. And you, you know, and, and that's, that's what, then that's what it would take for right. me to, yeah, I believe I'm happy. I'm good. Like I am. You're so positive too. I mean, especially considering everything that you just shared and things that have happened oh, but to you. That's what makes us stronger when you can go through those, those, those darkened times and then rise up, climb the mountain again and be up there and know, and, and you can't ever take for granted that you're not going to go through the challenges. That's mm-hmm. part of life's journey, but not being in shock when they come, right? Mm-hmm. Just don't let them shock you. Go, okay. All right. I'm in this world, I'm walking this path, and I've got to know that in it comes the ebbs and the flows and the ups and the downs. We go into the valley, we rise up to the mountain, and just and just learning how to surround yourself with positive thinkers, people that believe in you and see you for who you are. And I have friendships where we just talk about ebb and flow, how we work with each other when we're going through our, our times and our struggles and our journey, and knowing that we always will have that love for each other. And those friendships, and maybe mine is moving into a male-female relationship like that. Really, I can't wait to see what the next step of life is going to bring me into now. Mm-hmm. One or two words, think about it, to describe your faith. Everlasting. Nice choice. That's great. Certainty. Okay. Yeah, I have certainty with it. Mm-hmm. Absolute certainty. Wow. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Right. Could you put a good word in with Donald? Maybe uh, he, maybe he would come on the podcast to talk about faith. Well, I can put in a good word with my daughter, and she can choose to talk to her daddy <laughs> Tiffany, about it. We have a message for you. Yes, yeah, yeah. That would, wouldn't that be beautiful? Be great. It's, it's in there. Listen, we just and have everyone to keep believing. Everyone has a unique journey. Yeah, and. I'm so glad to have this platform to be able to share it. Oh, absolutely, honey. I'm so happy you have this platform Mm -hmm. and ABC has given you this platform. I've been doing it on radio for for years. I took a break for about four years. And and I think it's important to give give a voice to people's faith. It's just going to help all of us more. So I can't wait to listen to more. It's been such a blessing to have you you in the studio. And you just radiate joy and positivity and thank you sweetheart and all those men who are single and ready Mm -hmm. to mingle (laughs) find her on find her on the subway yeah find (laughs) you or in central park (laughs) thank you thank you sweetheart and as we wrap up this episode i do want to mention that the national sexual assault hotline is free it's confidential and available 24 hours a day seven days a week so if you need help make sure you call them at 1-800-656-HOPE. Next week on Journeys of Faith, Sherry Shepard's journey has been anything but typical. When he looked at me when I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. You cute. He says, do you have Jesus in your life? And I was no like, that's way. like, screech! <laughs> and I was like, Jesus? But she says, God doesn't make mistakes. Thank you for listening to Journeys of Faith. If you like this, don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating. And make sure to come back next Wednesday for our latest episode. And if you think there's someone that we should have on the podcast, let me know. Tweet me at Paula Ferris. And a big thanks to the team at ABC Radio. Susie Liu, Mike Dabusky, Lewis Millman, Josh Cohan, Andrew Kalb, and Steve Jones. I'll talk to you next week.